Hello, this is episode 324 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Rodding. So this is a sort of a rambling podcast on Roe versus Wade, all the consequences, the sort of return to the conservative and the control, the control that the church loves. I had this sense of longing when I was kind of sitting in my office, you know, on the other side of the world, removed from everything, as everyone went out and marched the streets after George Floyd's murder. And I recorded a podcast on action versus reactive politics. Because there's a very different tone as to how we create change and create difference and inclusion in Ireland versus America. And at the time, I couldn't really see much positive in Ireland. And I guess we've, which is that pride two days ago, we still have a series of complaints into the Broadcasting Commission about what I recorded the last two podcasts about. And there's a sense of still integrating all that's happened in Ireland. But there is a sense of it having been integrated. Like there is a, we can one sense can appear to be behind in Ireland because it took us nearly 50 years longer to get to the same place. But by the fact that we had a referendum to alter the constitution on core fundamental topics such as divorce, same-sex marriage and abortion, it means that there's an aspect of it kind of having been integrated fully into the constitution and into the rights of every citizen in the country. It's not a sense that people have gone out and protested for something and that there's been a landmark case which then has the potential to be overturned. And I do see a silver lining in this, though I think the next couple of months in America are going to be very difficult. I think it's going to be the equivalent of hitting a wall at high speed repeatedly. And I think, interestingly, I think a lot of the energetic alignments of that are quite interesting as well. I expect the world to be a very kind of headbutting zone until about October. And there's a part of me that's sort of taken a step back from that and taken the time and accepted that I have going to have the time to integrate new work. And it's funny, like, I I can't write the book that I'm writing in my space. I can do other writing, and I've talked about this on my Patreon with people and with people who are close to me. But I can't write for humanity in my space because it's, it's too perfect. And that sounds really arrogant to say it, but I don't live in the chaos and I'm writing a book called The Book of Needs. And I don't have any needs. So I have to go out and sit in horrible cafe environments and watch crazy stuff unfold around me to have the inspiration to write. And I had one of those experiences on Saturday. And I was listening to Bell Hooks' Ain't I a Woman on the Way, 
because usually there's me some audiobook to kind of get my brain working and go for a walk and end up somewhere with my notebook and pens. And there's been this certain type of woman that comes into a cafe, and it was quite a small cafe I was writing in. There's only 12 seats in the cafe. And between herself and one other man with a small baby, they managed to take over eight of the 12 seating spaces in the cafe, which is the two big people and the two little humans, which is quite an achievement. They left the place in a complete mess, having thrown biscuits all over the floor and let drinks spill everywhere. And I was, you know, it's a cafe we take Dinky to on a regular basis and we'd never let him behave like this. You know, we wouldn't assume that someone would be there to clean up afterwards. And it suddenly struck me what it was, is that there's a sort of person, the sort of white woman, that would have had a maid. And that's such a bizarre, weird concept to me on so many levels. To have someone that you treat is beneath you to pick up after you. And the part that struck me that's kind of funny, but this is my dark sense of humour, is that they now have to meet their own obsessions and pick up after themselves. And that's partly what causes the chaos. Like, that was kind of the invention of the wet white beer. And they can't keep up with it. So they had all these unrealistic demands of someone else that they saw was beneath them. And now they create chaos to try and keep up with it. But only for themselves in a certain way. They still assume that the staff in the cafe will be their maid when they leave. And I think that's what irritates me. That and the fact that I can see that that's the grounding for their child to grow up with a lot of privilege and a lot of supremacy, a lot of control, a lot of really complex, passive control that's very weird. And so yeah, I have to go out into the world to see these things. And I was also really struck, and this is going to be really unpopular, and I did some writing, and it's too harsh, and it's too blunt, and it's too honest, and I'm going to have to edit it because I don't think anyone can enter it. But I saw those same people cheering outside the Supreme Court. I saw the same type of person cheering outside the Supreme Court. And this is the part that's really difficult because there's so much work that's not being done in nearly 50 years. And yes, we're nowhere near complete with that in Ireland. But we did take the time for people, and I know, I know so many people who said to me that eventually they realised that even if they didn't agree with it and it wasn't something that they would do or that they could envisage for themselves, that they felt that other people needed the choice. And so we got to a point in very rural communities that where the Catholic Church had had a very great hold and they were very white, very privileged places where people realized that the world was made up of more than themselves. And that's the work that's been done. And the silver lining now is that that work will have to be done. Maybe for the first time it will be done in a way 
where the people that you vote to represent your voice will truly do that. And it won't just be a piece of legislation or a landmark case that can be overturned just because the the polarization sways in a different direction. Maybe it will be changed, it will be integrated. But it's still so polarized, like I made a mistake yesterday evening of reading the comments on an article that was shared. It would mean a very similar article to the sort of post that would have done the rounds during the repeal referendum here where you list out a series of women's scenarios and you try to show, you know, the basis for this. And as one person wrote on it, you know, thank you for the post and thank you for showing me the lack of humanity and the gloating cruelty of Christianity. Because that comment really summed up what was written there. And this is the challenge. This is the challenge for people like that woman in the cafe who doesn't even really know why she behaves the way she does. It's the challenge to ask people to look at themselves and to look at the conditions that they follow and to look at what we need to integrate. To be truly able to look at ourselves and think, Why do I think someone else is going to pick up after me? Why do I think someone else has to suffer? Why do I think I need control over someone else's life? Why can I sit there in such judgment of people? And there's so much wrapped up in it. There's so much fundamental sexism and racism wrapped up in this conversation. But I think I might have to do some editing in my writing. Because I'm feeling a little blunt. And unfortunately that doesn't work because people can't enter a conversation in that way. And that's the really like tough road for the next couple of months to get to this place that I see there's the potential to be a silver lining. And one of the most unpopular things that I think about feminism and, and this is all wrapped up in this conversation. I say that we still need feminism, not because of what men do, but because of what women don't. And there was so many women outside the Supreme Court. And I'd really like to crawl inside their minds and their lives, and actually their unhappiness. There was so much unhappiness in that woman in that cafe on Saturday. Then in the end, I couldn't but feel compassion for her. She very obviously has no say at home. She very obviously doesn't have attention in a loving way. She felt abandoned on a Saturday. She felt lonely. She feels a possession of her husband. Her identity is entirely wrapped up in that of her husband's. And it's so long since a woman had to give up her name to to a man in Ireland. But that's what I mean, like, you, you can make changes, but they're not integrated. And what sort of son was sitting in her lap? What sort of man was he going to grow up to be? So yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. But that podcast I recorded before, and I talked about 
politicians in Ireland essentially waiting until the mood of the people had moved in a certain way or enough of it had moved in a certain direction to then react to that and to bring referendums forward when you felt that there was the momentum for change. And that's the kind of pivot point that now needs to happen. It's to somehow keep people in dialogue and to integrate their conditions that they don't even know they have so that we can reach a place of freedom. And yeah, there will still be really nasty weeks on the radio like there was two weeks ago. When we push it just that little bit further and everyone goes, oh, I can't deal with this. But it's set in our constitution now as a change. And there's so much freedom in that.